From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more corner pocket. Now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunter Vandy and uh, Corey uh, Clark. Back in my zone and I'm focused. Please don't start no commotion. That player, we up and we throwing. Ain't got to think twice, I'm blowing. Wake up! What is up, everybody? It's Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Coming up on today's show... A world without preseason polls. Where should Flores State be ranked after five weeks of the season? A small request for the second half of the season out of the Seminoles. And all the storylines across the country after another crazy week of college football. Wake Up War Champ presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida, cptallybar.com. Knowles were off last week, but you can still have a victory burger because that's all they've been doing is winning. So carry on the tradition. Have your daily lunch over at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill between 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. on weekdays. There's a lunch special waiting for you. Mondays, half-pound black Angus burger. Not not like imitation beef, not just like ground beef, ground sirloin. Half-pound black mm. Angus. Get you some. Also a side dish. It's delicious. Don't miss out Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. And tomorrow, Tuesday, trivia night, 7 p.m. sharp at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Warchant.com, your ultimate seminal sports source. Thumbs up, please. Maybe now, or maybe afterwards, if you want us to earn it. But we're 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 gonna do that. That's what we, we we don't mail anything in here, Corey. We bring it every single day. So let us indeed bring it. How are you, friend? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. Thanks for asking. I'm back in Tallahassee. I've been oh. gone for uh, nine or ten days since before the Clemson game, but I'm back now for the uh, the month long homestand. All right, nice. Yeah, let's say, man. I'm excited. I'll be able to see you in the flesh at the press the Monday presser with That's the right. Norvell right. uh, coordinators. All right, well, let's get to it, man. Not a lot of preamble out there. I guess we can talk about maybe later on what we saw around the country, but I guess kind of in a roundabout way uh, we will talk about that from the jump because uh, the polls did come out. Uh, Florida State held firmly uh, fifth in the AP poll. Shout out to the writers. Uh, coaches, though, got, you know, I guess they had to do something. They, they felt like if they didn't do anything because they're coaches, they'd be mailing it in. So they decided to drop Florida State one spot. And listen, I, I don't, Corey, you don't want to do it either. I don't want to speak for you. I'll let you say it. But we don't want to be the guys that come here every Monday morning. And we're like, hey, the polls, this is ridiculous. Uh, but Florida State didn't play a game last weekend. So we only have a, a very surface-level scout on Virginia Tech for you right now. But um, I don't know, let's, let's clean the slate, Corey. Where would you rank Florida State if there's no such thing as preseason football rankings? Because we don't have that for Heisman Trophy candidates, right? But we've got people jockeying for position. Just based on games now, and you know maybe some reputation stuff. But if there was no preseason poll, where would you have Florida State ranked right now? Do you think? Um, I would probably have if we're taking this weekend into account too. I think I would probably have them second. Ooh. Um, number one, um, I think Clemson's good, man. I think by the end of the year, there's a chance that Cle- I mean, especially what happened Saturday night in Oxford. Uh, there's a champ. There's a chance the win at Clemson will be a bigger deal than the the win over LSU just because they can't stop anyone right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that was absurd, that entire game. Um, they still almost won it. Uh, it's not like they were blown out, but, I mean, they still got to play a- Alabama and A&M. Um, I mean, that, it's just I, you, there are multiple losses left Aub- for them. Auburn, Auburn will probably be tricky, too. Well, yeah, I think maybe Auburn's the one team that they can slow down because they can't throw it all. But um, – but then, yeah, uh, and then and then uh, Michigan, I just think Michigan's looked like the best team in the country. The problem with Michigan is they haven't played anyone, but they will. Right. That's the beauty. It's like we know they're going to get – they're going to play – they got Penn State and Ohio State. 
but what they did on Saturday to me, um, you know, and I'm a weird dude. I get it. I don't. I don't. I, I say things are really impressive that maybe other people don't think are that impressive. I think what they did at Nebraska on the road to completely dismantle a team that thought it was playing pretty well and has a good defense. And they just completely trashed that team for four quarters. It wasn't competitive at all. Um, in a game I thought would have been competitive, at least into the third or fourth quarter. Uh, I, I mean, they just did what good teams are supposed to do, right, Aslan? They yep. they went out and dominated. And nobody else is doing that but Michigan right now, right? Georgia yep. certainly wasn't impressive. I just feel like, I don't know, we have to almost retroactively go back and yell at our previous past selves then for being upset about Florida State getting disrespected in 2014 if we're ready to drop Georgia behind Florida State at this oh, point. Oh, well, you said if there weren't preseason rankings. I wouldn't drop Georgia right now. No, there is uh, a preseason rankings, but we're also, you know, we're not just eliminating, we're not doing a total vacuum here. There's also kind of the fact that this is the two-time defending champ. I want to factor yeah, some of that stuff. Yeah, but there's nothing they've oh. done. There's nothing that team has done. I mean, people got upset. A lot of Florida State fans got upset uh, because it was like, the, the 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 Florida State offense was essentially throw it up to Johnny, throw it up to Keon, and hope. Mm. Well, tell me what Georgia's offense is mm. because it's essentially just throw it to number nineteen and and go win the game. They, I mean, they did nothing for three quarters and they start throwing it to that goofball who was incredible, <laughs> and they win the game because even on third and twelve where he's double covered, they just throw it, but Beck throws it to him anyway. Like a back shoulder throw down the back, seam. It's ridiculous. One-handed, crazy. And I don't think he was trying to throw a back shoulder. No. Brock Bowers just made him look like he was trying to throw a back shoulder. No. Um, yeah, man, I, I just – and you think about Georgia like we talked about. Now they played two Power 5 teams. In two games against Power 5 teams, they've scored a total of 13 first-half points. And they've been down in the fourth, in the third quarter of both games. They were down in the fourth quarter against a, a dare I say, a mediocre Auburn team. And I'm not trying to – I don't want to diminish road wins um, Rivalry win, too. That, Rivalry win against a, a tricky little freaking coach. I'm just saying freeze, if, if you know. there were no numbers beside these teams and we're just looking at what we've seen, right? the eye test and the resume test, what Georgia has done isn't any more impressive, honestly, than – I don't know what Louisville has done. I mean – just pick another undefeated team. Georgia's played two teams that are Power 5 teams, both mediocre SEC teams, and they've struggled with both mightily. Mm. Uh, but they won, so good for them. They won. I, I just um, – I, I think Michigan, to me, has not struggled really with anyone. I don't know that they've been in a game in the fourth quarter this year yet, but that's coming, and that's the beauty of it. What, what I think, if we want to talk about this weekend, since Florida State wasn't playing, uh, Duke is legit. Uh, they they blew that game. They should have won that game, in my opinion. Uh, just giving up a scramble on fourth and sixteen to a kid that did not want to scramble at all, but you gave him no choice. And then your quarterback got hurt. But that defense, I would say Clemson and Duke probably had the two de- best defenses on the schedule. Um, and you got that one coming up in a couple of weeks. I that I think they're legit. We'll see what Miami is, but I think Miami's legit. Syracuse lost pretty convincingly to Clemson and now has North Carolina. So when they come in in a couple weeks, they might be, um, you know, a little banged up and probably four and two. But you look ahead, if Miami, Clemson, and Duke are all pretty good, and then let's say you play North Carolina or Louisville in the championship game if you get there. The reason I bring all that up is because LSU, the the, the LSU win is going to continue to lose steam. Is it fair? I don't know. 
is LSU in November the same team that Florida State beat in September? No, but that defense is absurdly bad, or was on Saturday anyway, um, and they're probably going to lose two or three more games. So a, a top five win now becomes a, a win over a five-loss team. So you lose a little luster there. The point being, if you want to get to the playoff, pretty good chance you're going to have to win out. You agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I think unless yeah. LSU writes the ship right, or if Clemson and look, Clemson could finish eleven, ten and two. That'd they be, could finish on a eight game yeah, winning streak or they, whatever. They've got to go. They've got you know they got Wake Forest this week. They've got to go to Miami. Uh, they got to go to Raleigh to play NC State. Then they host Notre Dame. And then they um, also host North Carolina in late November, and then they got to play South Carolina. Just yeah, no. I mean, if, I, if they it, go ten and two, then yeah, that Florida State win—that's a great win—is an incredible win. Yes. Yeah, that's a great win. Yeah. Yes. But I think you have a. I think that's a better chance of at the end of the year the Clemson win being as impressive or more impressive than the LSU win, just from what I saw on Saturday. Because again, I, I that LSU offense was great. Uh, they dom- well, I don't know how great it is. Ole Miss never plays defense. Yeah. But that defense was just uh, real disappointing um, in that game. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how they respond to giving up over 700 yards of offense. But, yeah, I think I think Florida State is in a great position. Um, I personally think Michigan has been the most impressive team. Just, again, like I said, it's not in college football, you just don't go on the road and hammer teams consistently like Michigan. Well, we'll see. I want to say consistently. Yeah. They've done it once. Um, but that was just a really impressive win, I thought. But – Two weeks ago, LSU did the same thing. Mm. Beat the Tar, beat beat Mississippi State a lot worse than Alabama. Just beat Mississippi State, and and then look what they've looked like two weeks later. So that's the beauty of college football, man. You never know. The Eagles almost lost to the Commanders <laughs> in the NFL. How's that happen? How in the world does that happen? That that game goes to overtime. Yeah. It's just uh, you know survive in advance. They're in a good spot. Um, I what do you think, Aslan? Did you watch any of the Syracuse Clemson game? Yeah. Yeah. What'd you think? Good defense. Clemson, for sure. Certified good defense. Oh, yeah. They're a great defense. But what did you think overall about the the flow of the game? Uh, I felt like Syracuse gave them some points, for sure. Uh, kind of just kind of fumbled the game away pretty early there. I thought Klubnik looked rattled at times, but then made some remarkable throws. And apparently, number six is the best player they have on offense. That guy was great, the Tyler Brown kid. Yeah, man, I think he's he's a three-star true freshman as well. Yeah, which then, is then I think I, I when I was watching the playback of the FSU Clemson game, they were, McDonough was talking about how his coaches had to like beg for him to get recruited. Yeah, and well, then he turns into that guy, yeah. just an absolute weapon. Um, but yeah, I you know I think, but I thought Clemson's defense was really really good. I also um, think Garrett Schrader's not a really good college quarterback. Period. He just he's not. I mean, throwing. He's not a good throwing. He's not a guy that's going to make a lot of great throws. And he slides. Man, he'll scramble for like four yards, and he'll slide in the middle of like a massive humanity. It's he doesn't even, as being a big guy who seems to make his bones running the ball, he does not embrace contact at all either. So he's a really sort of. You wouldn't either after that. He maybe started sliding after that first hit where he got blindsided and fumbled. Yikes! That was a monster hit. Man, Clemson just does not play on that side of the ball. And you watch – the one thing I will say about when I watch Michigan and Clemson and Georgia, you know, they they probably have more overall NFL talent than Florida State. I don't think that's disputable. Um, Penn State, too, for that matter. Ah, They they have more – Significantly. Maybe maybe Texas and – Texas, Michigan, I guess Georgia just – 
you know, their reputation Alabama. precedes itself. They're, they're a go- but I, but I, don't I know, they, man. This I Alabama do. team, I don't know, not, not right now. Maybe. No, I think it, it, defensively, man, they're they're no. I mean, I, you saw what Ole Miss did to another off defense, and what did they score? One touchdown against Alabama. Yeah, um, Nick Scott Lane's number. But that's I, true. I, I, sorry, but, but the point way, being on. that that what I would like to see, um, and we'll talk about this a lot, I'm sure, this week, and then moving on uh, for the rest of the month is. Man, I want to see that aggression that we saw against Clemson. Mm. I I just want to see it, man. I I do not. I'm so I I the more I watch college football, because remember, I don't get to watch a lot of college football games. I'm watching Florida State. I don't get to see a lot of other teams play except for highlights. But I sat and watched like all of the Clemson game, all of the Georgia Auburn game. Um, there was another game that was going on at noon. Uh, Colorado USC. I wasn't much of a defensive effort there, um, so we won't worry about that. But you see these other teams. Penn State. I was going back and forth with that when it was still a game. These defenses are so aggressive. They're at the line of scrimmage, and they make you beat them quickly. Like if you're going to beat them on a blitz, they just they make you react to them. And Georgia gave up some plays, and that quarterback ran for 100 yards on them. But they they are, and it, you just don't have the the overall talent that Georgia does. But that doesn't mean you can't just because you have a front four that should be able to get home doesn't mean you can't blitz more. And I'm I'm really curious because this kid that Virginia Tech has looks like a runner. He is. Um, he's Absolutely. 230 pounds, so it's a little different. But he's a runner too. I I just I don't want to see a bunch of standing at the line of scrimmage. Go attack and go. You what'd you say? This kid's making his fourth start. I think it'll be his fourth start. Yeah, and he's coming off a good game, um, so he might have some false confidence coming in this one. Do not let him just look. Do, make him make decisions very quickly and under duress, over and over and over again. Bring blitzes from different places, and I'm not just talking about bringing them from 15 yards back. Put watch all these games, man. Watch the NFL. When they have, when it's third and eight in the NFL, or if it's third and eight against Georgia, uh, Auburn has a good defense. It would appear Texas A&M has a very good defense. You've got six or seven guys at the line of scrimmage. They're not all coming, but when you see six or seven guys at the line of scrimmage, and then three of them peel back, but you don't know which three are peeling back, it just confuses everybody more, man. It confuses young quarterbacks. And the reason you started playing better in the second half against Clemson, in my opinion, is you started bringing it from different angles and you confused a young quarterback. But I want to see it even more aggressive. Mm. I don't like the thing about the Deloach play that gets lost is, you know, a half a second later, they might score a touchdown. Clemson might be scoring a touchdown. He came from so far back. And now, now that's why uh, the running back didn't see him. It's because he the running back's like, there's no way he's coming. He's it's been four seconds since we snapped the ball. There's no no one for me to block. But you know, the, they they gave up a play early in the game. I didn't even bring this up last week, Aslan. I don't know why. I'm, I know I'm rambling. Um, I, I apologize. But there was a play early on in the first half where Shaheen Brown was coming on a blitz. At least it looked like it from 18 yards away. And he came so late from so far away that he stopped himself. Are you exaggerating or was it really 18 yards? No, no. He was playing the normal free safety position because they don't want to give anything away pre-snap, which I get. But as the ball is being snapped, maybe not 18, maybe 12, he starts sprinting towards the line of scrimmage. But by the time he gets near it, he realizes, well, I can't get to him. So he stops. And as he stopped, 
is when Byron Turner is being uh, having a, a wheel route completed over him down the right sideline in a place that Shaheen Brown would have been if he hadn't have needlessly blitzed because he started from so far back. I just want to see more stand-up, in-the-gaps, pressure defense because I see it from all these other teams, um, and good teams. And I think and the reason I bring this up, Florida State is on the level of Michigan. And I'm talking about national championship hopes this year. They're on the level of Penn State. They're on the level of Ohio State. Level of Duke, clearly. Start playing defense like that, man. Start being the start being uh, the aggressor. That's what then. That's what I hope I see uh, this Saturday and, and then moving forward. VitaminEnergy.com promo code WarchampBogo. That means buy one get one free. Warchamp B O G O over at VitaminEnergy.com. I recommend the ultimate variety pack plus. Everybody, twelve bottles in the box which is standard, but it's quite literally one of every single variety they have. Burner Plus, B12, 14,000, the Mood Plus, the Focus Plus. Uh, you got the Immune in there. Uh, also, there's an extra strength variety now, Corey. There's an mm. extra strength strain, which what I think it is is that it's got green tea extract in there on top of the caffeine. So they're keeping it all natural still with no sugar, but amping it up a little bit if you want to play with a little fire maybe. Get your day going a little bit, a little bit better. Use the promo code WordChampBogo again. VitaminEnergy.com. The products are now clinically proven uh, to enhance your energy, uh, remove brain fog, and increase your focus. Also, if you read the trade magazines, which I know we all do, their convenience store news uh, called Vitamin Energy one of their best new products of 2023. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, nice. hop aboard, everybody. Somebody tweeted at us that they were trying it out. They want to see if the hype was legit or not. Haven't seen them uh, with their testimonial yet, so get on with it. We'd appreciate to see it. Doesn't matter. We still sold it to them. <laughs> <laughs> Cha-ching. Check that box. Fiveenergy.com. <laughs> Promo code WarchampBogo. Shake it and take it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Corey, I'm glad you asked me what I thought my uh, top four or five would be if we didn't have any kind of um, resume stuff right mm. now. I, okay. Maybe maybe it's just me being the contrarian here. I think I put Texas one. I probably put Michigan two. I'd put Georgia three. I just I'd, I'd give them benefit of the doubt as two time defending champions. I know what it's like to have that target on your back. Well, now, and I'll I'll say this too, right? Like uh, I, I don't. I, I think we should like strip away who even it is. Just what we've seen from five games without knowing what they've done the previous two or three or ten years. Oh, we're still on that. Okay. But, but Georgia's that's, that's but a real still, thing though, man. Georgia's defense is legit. That's is no it? joke. Like they I mean, yes, Auburn yes, ran yes, on them. Auburn doesn't have a good quarterback, but Auburn ran the ball on them. Auburn ran on them because they had a quarterback they could run. And of course if you want to do that, you're gonna be able to run on anyone, probably. Um but you know they got what they get, two hundred and twenty yards? Um, now, it, it, Georgia's offense is is nothing to be scared of, but that defense is yeah, it's one of the best units in the country, like either side of the ball. You know what I mean? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like Georgia's Georgia's defense is as good as, are almost as good as I'll say as USC's offense. 
Okay. Man, I'll put Florida State at four. I'll put Ohio State at five. Um, I'll, I'll be fine with that. And according to ESPN's metrics, which we don't like to use around here, but they just have just stripping it down to straight up strength of record, uh, which reflects a chance that an average top 25 team would have this team's record or better if they had the same schedule. This according to ESPN, Texas is one, Florida State's number two, Ohio okay. State's three. So if it all ended today, I would I'd put Florida State in ahead of Ohio State at, at number four. Uh, okay. Which, right. you know, two, four – you know, as long as you're one of the last four saying. But again, it just the more football I watch this weekend, no matter what, a Big Ten SEC champ is getting in. Period. Point yes. blank. Full stop. Big well, twelve champion, one loss, probably. You know, Florida State one loss. Yes, provided that there's a two loss Pac twelve champion, which I think is probably likely. They're they're all gonna beat each other. Like Oregon's yeah. gonna beat Southern Cal. Washington's going to beat Oregon. Um, you know, like Oregon State's going to beat Washington. Like I just, and then they're all going to play whoever plays in the, you know, in the Pac-12 championship game. Maybe they'll only have one loss, and if they can win and, and get like revenge in that game, maybe at that point. But just, I think there's a high probability there'll be a two-loss Pac-12 champ that opens the door for sure for a one-loss Florida State team. An undefeated ACC champion Florida State, though, for sure is at worst two. They, you know, don't get. Maybe the the home f- field they want, but you know, provided there's nobody else undefeated, but yeah, that's probably unlikely. I would think it's unlikely that somebody else will be undefeated. I, yeah. I look, man. I think well, Georgia could be just because of their schedule, um, but I mean, they keep uh, Georgia has to go to Tennessee, and they have not played well. We don't even know, man. They got to play Kentucky this week. Yeah, watch out. Uh, Kentucky's March good. Yeah. Um, there's no that's no guarantee that Georgia wins that game. If their offense keeps playing like this, that's a that's a real game. I just think, again, I say this every week, but when you watch these games, and again, I got a whole day. Like, I had a party I went to on Saturday night, a, bir- a 50th birthday party. Not for me. Uh, you know, I'm way, right. I'm way under that. Clearly. But for one of my friends, and we had the games on, we had the LSU game on and the Notre Dame-Duke game on, but you just watch these games, man, and it's just uh, – Washington barely beats Arizona by seven. Georgia beats Auburn by whatever, seven. Like, in both these games are – close late and those are good teams i think georgia washington are good teams i think there are probably aslan 15 teams 15 to 20 teams that could get in the playoff and probably 10 to 12 to 14 maybe that could win a national championship if things broke right there are no great teams the parity in this sport has become the where everybody has a weakness or a flaw right now florida state has a flaw well the way they start on defense is a flaw but then also their rushing defense, their rushing offense. I'm sorry, is a flaw, um, and their pass defense. But they have they have strengths too. Clearly, they have they have a, a really good quarterback, great receivers, uh, a great defensive line. But then you look at Georgia; they have a flaw. They're not they they don't their receivers don't do anything. Uh, Auburn. Well, I don't know why I was said that Auburn. McConkie's, was that McConkie's first game back? Yeah, it's his first game back. But they have I mean it's Bowers and nobody else right now for them. Right. Um, and then, you know, Alabama has a flaw. LSU clearly has a flaw. Penn State, like the Penn State was down 10 to 3 late in the second quarter at Northwestern. Yeah. Like, so none of these games, none of these teams are just dismantling folks, except for Michigan and Nebraska. But that's what's so cool and worrisome about where Florida State is. Look, if Florida State keeps winning, I think the rest of college football will realize. Oh yeah, man, wins are what has to matter here. There are no such there should not be anything as style points anymore. Those do not exist. They they can't. 
because nobody is beating anybody by a lot. It just doesn't happen. Just be happy you're winning games. But uh, so, but you know, I, I think if they keep winning, everybody's happy. What's worrisome though, there though, is man, there aren't going to be a lot of easy Saturdays for the rest for here on out. Like I don't expect you to go and Wake Forest and win by four touchdowns. You might not go to Pitt and win by two touchdowns. Like who can know? All these teams struggle with teams that are quote unquote better than. So uh, point being that they could there's probably five games they could lose on this schedule. I'm not saying they I'm not obviously I'm not predicting they would lose five, but if they don't play well, they could lose to almost everybody left on their schedule, just like everybody else we watched on Saturday. Great USC is- almost lost to Colorado, who was out of DBs, and they had a 28-point lead with the best quarterback maybe that's ever played college football, and they almost blew a 28-point lead on the road. It is just hard to win, man. Well, the crazy thing is three weeks ago where, like, if Florida State just plays their C game, they're probably going to be able to win, you know, they'll probably be able to win out, and now that's changed. I think I think so. Maybe I, like they're going to have to play better against Duke. We we don't know if that quarterback's going to be available for that game. But that Duke defense is you're just that it's a really impressive unit. Um, you know Miami is more impressive than we thought. I think here's the thing though, when you're when you have great talent or very good talent like Florida State does, like Michigan, like Georgia, you can survive your C minus games and still find a way to win. But you you get you need to quit doing it. Yeah, like Boston College, for example. Correct. Well, that was a I think that was a D minus or an F. But uh, if you play a C minus game against Virginia Tech, you probably could win and maybe even win comfortably. Yeah, at home. Yes, correct. Yeah. If you play a C minus game against Duke and that quarterback is available, you are going to lose. If you play C minus against Miami, if you play C minus at Wake Forest, you are probably going to lose those games. I think that's what's, in my opinion anyway, right. that's what's changed. But they're also due to start playing really well. And off a of bye week, you just have to figure they will, especially against a not very good defense. Um, you have to figure they will, but, you know, we'll, we'll see, man. We'll see. It's a weird sport anymore. And it's, and it's never going back. This is how it's always going to be. And every year you're going to hear people say, like, wow, it's a wild and crazy college football team. I guess nobody's great. There are no great teams. I mean, it's like this is what the sport is now. Yeah. Just like are the Eagles great? I think they are. I think they're one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, yeah. They had to go to overtime to beat the Commanders mm. at home. Weird stuff happens in this sport, and there's a lot of parity. Uh, two quick things. Uh, interestingly enough, you wonder, like, how is Georgia in this position being back-to-back champions and only having a tight end seemingly to throw the ball to? I mean, they did go in the portal and steal the – leading receiver from Missouri, the Dominic Lovett kid. Yeah. He has not really bared a lot no. of fruit. So it also goes back, you know, this is like, you know, pat yourself on the back if you're a Florida State fan, Mike Norvell, for identifying guys in the portal that are effective and productive from the jump. I mean, maybe this Lovett kid turns a corner eventually, but like right now they're they're not getting what they want out of him. Uh, and the question I did want to ask you before we pivot, maybe a little more Virginia Tech and upcoming game, maybe we'll try to get somebody on the show this week that's uh, on the beat up there in Blacksburg to talk about the team, but – Somebody tweeted at us, and you know they they pulled it from some other tweet. So sorry, whoever was out there that originally came up with this thought. But back like to the to the polls and the narratives that are out there, Corey. Um, you know the Auburn game, and if you heard Kirby's interview after the victory, he said that you know winning on the anytime winning on the road in the SEC is tough. It's something to be like savored and enjoyed. Like you know, the whole talking, it's the SEC. You're on the road. This yeah. is this is what gritty teams do. They they show their grit. 
uh, Florida State going into Death Valley and beating Clemson wasn't received in that same Correct. sort of fashion. It was I listen I listen to the Rosillo podcast, who I love. I think he's pretty down the down the middle. In his open, he was just going through his top twelve and was like, you know, Florida State, they should have lost to Clemson if they knew how to make a field goal. Then he brought McShay in later, Todd McShay, who had a bunch of stuff to say about uh Keon Coleman, thinks the number two receiver on the board. Uh doesn't necessarily think uh Johnny's gonna go top forty though. Like maybe not even second round pick, which is crazy. Or at least top half of the second round. Jordan Travis he doesn't think is like a first two-day draft pick right now by virtue of the numbers that he uses, but I digress. McShay also said that Florida State should have lost that game to Clemson. I don't know how many people are saying that Georgia should have lost to Auburn, but is, right. the, is it the back-to-back champion benefit of the doubt, or is it just 15 years of SEC propaganda brainwashing all of us to believe that you know anytime you play somebody in that conference, man, whoa, you're going to get it. You're going to get it, and, and the ACC is just meh. I don't know, but I'll say this. If Georgia had played like they did at Auburn at Clemson, they would have lost by 14 points. Hmm. Clemson has receivers that can make plays. They have a quarterback that's sort of kind of coming into his own. Um, they don't have a, like a high school offense that you know isn't going to throw the ball down the field. What did that kid throw for 50 yards? <laughs> the, the Peyton Thorne kid? Yeah, not yeah. a lot. Not I a mean, lot. good night. Um, and Clemson's defense is better than Auburn's. So they're probably not – maybe they would. I don't think they're going to let Brock Bowers just run free. Maybe they would. I don't know. But uh, I think they might have had two people on him there at the end. 82 um, yards. 10 of 19, 82 yeah, yards. Yeah, man. So if they'd have played like they did at, uh, at Auburn against that Clemson, I think that Clemson – I guess I should put it another way. That Clemson team, I think, is much better than that Auburn team. And I think winning at Clemson is much more impressive, even in overtime – than winning at Auburn in the final two minutes, uh, especially when you're down again. You, you just can't score in the first half against anybody. Georgia can't. Three points against South Carolina at halftime, ten points against Auburn at halftime. You have all these five stars everywhere. Um, you got, like Aslan said, you got Missouri's best receiver. You've got the best tight end that might have ever lived, and you've got three points at halftime against the team that beat California 14-10. to 10. I will. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I do know that it 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 usually all comes out in the wash in December or late November. We we figure out what these teams really are. The problem is, is it's it fluctuates so much from week to week, man. It's like it's just life. It's sports. It's how the best team in the major leagues major leagues loses 50 games a year. And how, again, the Eagles should have lost or could have lost to the commanders. The Patriots would lose to the Dolphins occasionally with Tom Brady. Like, it's just, it's the problem with college football, in my opinion, the way we're looking at it now, and luckily, I do say this knowing that it all changes next year. It all changes. W- would you care right now if it was a 12, like, if, if, if the 12-team playoff model was in effect this year? Nobody's wringing their hands what about what you're fourth about, or fifth. Though, Corey? What would we be talking about today? Though? I don't know. We, well, you'd be like, you want to get one of those home seeds, yeah. or you want you want to make sure you get a buy in the top four, but you know you're going to be in. And you know it's more fair than what this will be. Because basically what this will come down to is say Florida State loses uh, again at at home to Miami. Again, I don't even know why I put that out there. Let's say they lose in the the ACC championship game to an 11-1 North Carolina. Well, then I guess North Carolina would go. So that would a 10 and 2 North Carolina team. They lose in the ACC championship game. Michigan doesn't even make the Big Ten championship game because they've lost to Ohio Ohio State. State. Yeah. 
Who goes? Who goes? Who determines that? I'm not saying Florida State should go ahead of Michigan. Yeah. I'm saying it's preposterous that this is how we've done the sport for, for so long. It comes down to just people's opinions because nothing is really decided on the field. I think that's going to be taken care of next year. For, but for right now, I understand there's a lot of angst with good reason. Um, I, I it all it should all if Florida State wins, I know it's a cliche, but if they win all their games, they have nothing to worry about. They'll be in oh, comfortably. For sure. Yeah, maybe the number one team in the country. I think I agree. I'll walk that back. I think I don't think anybody else would go undefeated. I think. Florida State undefeated would be the un, the only undefeated team, and they would not be treated like the 2014 team and seeded with third? behind one loss teams. Third, yeah, yeah, Florida behind State one loss, two one loss teams. Yeah, um, yeah, that that would not happen. Um, but but so there, there have been some lessons learned. But you know, I think the bigger issue now is you've got to you've got to start playing. You you just got to start playing better offensively. Well, defensively too. You've got to start out games better defensively. I just want to see. Again, when when I'm watching that Penn State game, I, I know this is completely different because it's well, Northwestern and Boston College are similar. Let's put it that way, right? Okay. They're pretty similar. Congrats to BC for getting another big win um, on Saturday, uh, three point win against Virginia. But they're similar type programs. I knew Penn State's defense was going to take over that game. Mm-hmm. I knew I could watch. I watched two series, and I'm like, yeah, Northwestern's not scoring enough to win this game, not even close. I don't think that about Florida State's defense. I hope I do. Yeah. They have, they have, you know, there's Virginia Tech's coming in this weekend. Let's see if they just put them away early and suffocate them. Let's see if they can go on the road and suffocate Pittsburgh and suffoc. I know I'm getting ahead of myself or Wake Forest. Make it hard. Just make it hard to score. The offense, I do think, will find itself and get better. The defense, that, when I watch these other highly ranked teams that are vying for a playoff spot, it just, to me, looks like their defense is are a little more swarming, suffocating. I don't know what to say. But we've had a bye week. We're four weeks into a season, and they're 4-0. And I I do think that they will be better. I do think that hopefully the way Norvell talked after that game, uh, right after the game, and then on – well, did we talk to him on Monday? Tuesday. Tuesday and Wednesday. uh, Last week, when he talked about how much more aggressive they were. And then at halftime, they decided to – they're going to react to us instead of we react to them. That needs to be the mantra, our mantra, however you want to pronounce it, for the rest of the season, for the rest of all time. They react to you. Make you them terms. react to you. You dictate terms. Exactly yeah. right. Will they hit a big play? Sure, but they're hitting big plays on you anyway. But you're going to, more often than not, you're going to create a big play and you're going to create a hurried, rushed play. And if you can do that, you are going to win a lot of games because I still believe in this offense. I think this offense is one of the best in the country. I'd like it to go a little faster. MyBookie.ag, promo code WarChant. Use that for an instant cash deposit bonus. You can bet on futures, whether it's teams winning the national championship, Heisman Trophy winners. Will Caleb Williams be the first guy to go back-to-back since 74, 75, 75, 76? Um, who knows? Bet on it, though, if you want. There's also a live casino there. Is he the favorite on, on my bookie? Yep, still is. Where's Brock Bowers? Is he flying up the charts? Um, I don't know. I was going to go to a game line here. I, actually, oh, sorry, last... Aslan. I just ruined your read. Oh, I, that's fine. It's never happened before. I'll figure a way right. out. Uh, I think Penix. Last week, Penix was ahead of him, uh, but he no longer is. Caleb Williams is plus 174. Penix is plus 370. He's the number two guy. Jordan Travis now plus 1450. So... 
Well, because he's uh, you know idle. He's not doing anything. Yeah, so I'm saying. He'll get a, yeah, he'll get a chance to go back up. Get some big wins here. I uh, hope he's behind. I hope Jaden Daniels is down the list. <laughs> is he still uh, ahead of Jordan in the Heisman odds? Man, he is only – it's Jordan, then it's Dylan Gabriel from Oklahoma, then it's Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels is still ahead of J.J. McCarthy from Michigan somehow. J.J. McCarthy's plus 3,000. Okay, all right. That's all good right. value. What it's, about Bowers? Uh, Brocky B, plus 6,800. There's the value, folks. Okay. I'm telling you, people are dying to vote for a not quarterback, especially a quarterback they've already, that's already won one. And Brock Bowers is going to have some chances in some big games to make some huge plays, and he if he has a big SEC championship game, people will be like, you know what? I'm voting for that dude. There's nobody better than him. Yeah, if he has a game like he did against Auburn. In yes, the in the SEC, SEC championship game against Alabama. That'll sway some last-minute That voters. could sway some people. Just throw it. There's some pretty good value there, I think. Uh, meanwhile, quickly, my bookie, Florida State, 25-point favorite over Virginia Tech. Mm. So you want to get suffocated. That sounds like a team that's apt to maybe get suffocated. 53, though, the total points. So, I don't know, that's like a 45-7 to 7 game kind of they're thinking. No, that's 53, yeah, 41 to, uh, yeah, what would that be? 38 to 14, somewhere in there? Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's even better. You got to read on it, everybody. Go to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code WARCHANT. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere over at mybookie. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, yeah, Corey, 25-point favorite for Florida State taking on Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech went into the season with Grant Wells, who uh, they heisted. It was a heist, man. They uh, they took him away from Marshall, and Marshall did not play nearly as good without him, and he has not played well at all in Blacksburg, went out in the fourth quarter against Purdue, their second game of the year, and ever since, uh, the reins have been handed over uh, to Drones, Chiron Drones, who was a four-star prospect, committed to Baylor, enrolled at Baylor, but then transferred to Virginia Tech. He's like 6'2", 220. Um, you know, Virginia Tech, I think, ended up winning 35-38-21. Yeah. Um, the three scores by Pitt, there was one blown coverage. So Virginia Tech scored on their first drive. It was a beautiful deep ball uh, that drones through. Uh, go up 7-0, and then there was a busted coverage on the very next possession by Pitt to make it 7-7. Uh, I think it was 21 to seven, maybe 28 to seven when Pitt threw a screen pass and literally the Virginia Tech guy like shoulder tackled him, but shoulder tackled him from behind and gave him like a, a speed burst like in PlayStation. It was incredible. Mm. It, it, it sprung the uh, Fl- Fleming Fl- Flemister, Sebo Flemister to a touchdown. Um, and then the other touchdown was a fumble 
uh, scoop and score defensive touchdown for Pitt. So uh, Pitt offense, maybe not all that explosive. Virginia Tech, though, was kind of in control for that game mostly. Drones, it's like 6'2", 220, Corey. They have a pretty decent running back uh, behind him as well. Uh, they almost kind of run some triple option concepts with this case because he is so big and because he can run the ball. But it's it's going to come down to winning on first down, which probably applies every single week, every single opponent that you're playing. Uh, but is this kind of like a tailor-made matchup for Florida State to at least show like what they've learned against Boston College, put into an action against a team like Virginia Tech, and, and really kind of put their foot down as they start the second half of the season? Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at what's coming up. Uh, obviously, most of these quarterbacks can run. Your two rivals that are left in your schedule, those quarterbacks can't run. Um, but everybody else kind of can. And Jerkovich, I guess Jerkovich is kind of an athlete. No, I, I no, he's, no. he's a – He used to be. He's cooked, yeah. Something's gone Something's gone wrong, terribly wrong with him. Terribly But wrong. he's. this is good preparation for Schrader. Um for the for the following week too, because you're gonna he's a bigger kid but can move. If he gets outside and gets loose, he can run. Uh, this kid, you know, he, he only threw 19 times against Pitt. He completed 12 passes, but good. It was a good day for him, and he uh, you know he ran for 75 yards against Rutgers. Um, so he's had some nice moments. It's just overall, this isn't a very good team, and it should not be. Um, it should not be close in the fourth quarter if you play anywhere close to your potential. Um, and again, Aslan. Confuse him. Yes. Make it hard. I watch all these other freshman quarterbacks or guys that haven't played a lot of football, and they get confused and they throw it to you. Or they get rattled and they scramble and throw it out of bounds. Do that to him. Again, you did it okay at times with Klubnik, um, but I just thought uh, Klubnik played pretty well, and I also think Klubnik's an NFL quarterback. Um, and he played, he, you know, he's still making some first-year mistakes, but I think he's a he's a good quarterback. I don't think this kid necessarily is a good quarterback. No, uh, he's an athlete. He can make some plays, but go make go make him not, not want to run the ball anymore. Like the Cassiano's kid was having a field day running on you. No. Like you should have made it. Like okay, you can run if you want, but you're gonna feel it, and you're not gonna want to do this in the fourth quarter. And so instead, uh, he was you know he almost ran them to a win. Uh, so I, I just I, I think that it's a good matchup in the sense that you've had a bye week. It's it's the worst team left on your schedule. Uh, it's at home, other than North Alabama and Pitt. I guess Pitt's the worst, right? I was going to say it's Syracuse, road. but I think you're right. No, it probably is Virginia Tech. It probably. I is. mean, Virginia Tech lost to Purdue, which turned out to not be very good. They lost to Rutgers by three touchdowns. Lost to Marshall. They lost at Marshall. Um, no, it's a bad football team. Uh, so you should again. I'm here saying that I appreciate every win. And if Florida State wins 31 to 30 on Saturday. Look, you're still undefeated, yeah. but you are not going to feel good about this. <laughs> uh, you you need to you need to figure out a way to play and play well, and and show that you can be, maybe not an elite defense, but a very good defense. Show that you can be a very good defense. That'd be fun to see. Yeah. Um, this kid is not a great quarterback, not yet by any stretch. Um, he can move around a little. Guess what? So can almost everybody else, including your quarterback. So go go. go. He's gotten sacked seven times the last three games. You can put some pressure on him. You can bring him to the ground. Get some quick three and outs, too. How about that, Aslan? Mm. We haven't even talked about that. Like, get off the field. Just get off the field. Give your offense a chance to get cooking early. So they don't have – they've had two straight games where they've essentially had the ball once in the first quarter. Let's let's make that three times. And maybe you're up 14-3 to three at, at the end of the quarter or 17 to nothing. And you, and you can roll as opposed to your offense getting the ball for the second time 
with 12 minutes to go in the first half. Like, get off the field. Get off the field and don't make this kid look better than he is. By the way, Cassiano's kid, another pretty strong outing. Oh, okay. Bounce I keep, back. I keep watching him. Uh, you know, he threw a couple picks, but late in the game, he uh, he led a, a couple of scored, uh, scoring drives to get them the, uh, the much-needed W against Virginia. Uh, so, yeah, by the way, uh, did you watch the Colorado-USC game? Bits and pieces, yeah. Yeah, I watched the end of it. I would. I was talking to my buddies about this, and I know he didn't play great in the fourth quarter when it's, they, they just fell apart. I, I don't know what happened there, but if I'm a Falcons fan, the Falcons aren't going anywhere this year. They looked horrible in England. Um, I would trade – if you thought Caleb Williams was really the next Patrick Mahomes – it's a pretty lot of hype. It's a lot of pressure to put on someone. But say you were convinced that he is the next Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. and you're the Atlanta Falcons GM. How many first round picks would you trade to the Bears oh, to get man. it? To get them? Yeah. I'm. I'm. I, I would say five. Yeah, five. Maybe ten. <laughs> May. I, who cares? You're going to be fired if it goes wrong anyway. You're not going to be there to like rue the day that the Bears have your your first round pick for the next nine years. But the point being. If you the Bears could have drafted Mahomes, they drafted Trubisky. Yeah. Now, if they went back, what would they have traded to get that Patrick Mahomes on their team? Oh gosh, right. Going yeah. back, like it, it would have been worth, it would have been worth the entire draft, the entire draft class, and then the next three first round. That's how important a quarterback is. And also, I bring that up because that's how good I think Caleb Williams is. That guy is just next level awesome. It's crazy. But he also play. I want to see him play a real defense. Because we haven't really gotten to see that yet. He'll play Oregon. He will play Oregon. We'll and the Oregon's tough. And he'll play Utah too, right? I think so. And Utah's tough. Utah, if they get their quarterback back, um, is is a is a tough out, man. Because their defense is legit. That is a good defense. I think Oregon has a good defense. So he'll, he's going to have some challenges. But that kid, that kid is awesome. I don't know if I'm going to vote for him again. Because it's like, come on, buddy. Who are you, Archie Griffin? Come on. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, golly, he's incredible. And I, I would think that the Falcons should offer offer any player on the roster plus your next five round five first-round picks. Because if you get a kid like that, like, think about the Chiefs without Mahomes. Like, you get a great, all-time great quarterback, which you think Caleb Williams might be, it changes the entire franchise forever. This is true. So it's worth it. It's worth it, but of course, there's nothing. It's not an exact science. So you might trade your first ten, uh, your your ten first round draft picks for a guy that ends up being, uh, you know, Ryan Leaf. Don't see that with Caleb Williams, but yeah, I, I get it. it's a risk. Why they? That's why they get paid the money. But They've speaking of quarterbacks, their... go ahead. I was going to say, speaking of quarterbacks, I still think there's a chance as we enter October, Jordan Travis can very much get himself into the Heisman race. He can very much win the Heisman. He's going to have to play better. Not that he's played terribly. He's going to have to play better. But people do not want to vote for Caleb Williams again. I promise you. And he does have the benefit. Like that 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 game, he, get, he gets to play against, you know, a lot of those Pac-12 defenses are horrible. There's some that aren't. But there are a couple that are horrible. Or most are horrible. But Jordan Travis is going to have some marquee games now. Like, I think Miami Miami is shaping up. If they're 8-1, that's a big game. I think the Duke game, maybe. I know people can roll their eyes at Duke, but at Florida, people will be watching that. Like, as long as Florida State's undefeated, they are going to be playing a lot of big games and people are going to be watching. And if he 
plays like the Jordan Travis we've seen at times this year and a lot of times last year, he can very much get himself in the Heisman race and he can win it because he can get this team. If he gets this team to an undefeated season with with the games they still have left, and there's going to be some close moments and some tense moments, if he makes the plays when it matters, he has a real chance to get there. I was thinking about that on Saturday too, just because there's nobody that's Caleb Williams, the best player in the country, but it's hard to win it twice. After him, it really is a crapshoot as to who's going to be in New York and who has a chance to win this thing. Agreed. Yeah. Um, although I don't know about the Duke game being marquee, I think uh, it would have helped if they'd have held on there that yeah, game. Yeah, if Riley Leonard doesn't go down, but they're off this week, and I think they have another game after that. So you know, maybe he misses that one, comes back for the Florida State game. But it, it, he ran well, but man, he didn't throw for anything against Notre Dame. So. It's like he looked at – well, that's the thing, and it's the same thing against Clemson. Like, he didn't look great throwing the ball to me against Clemson at all. No. But right now, Florida State doesn't have the same defense as Clemson and Notre Dame. They are easier to throw on than those two teams are. Wait till Ohio comes State. Back. Wait till Akeem Dent comes back. Well, let's see. Hey, we'll get to see this week, right? Yeah. Maybe. I guess if we – well, folks, if we're talking about how good Akeem looked at practice, <laughs> there you go. Southern Cal's already had an off week. Uh, they will host Arizona this weekend. After that, absolute murderer's row. Uh, at Notre Dame, host Utah. At Cal, host Washington. At Oregon. And then cross town against UCLA. Washington, too. Golly, that is a – that's, that's crazy. Brutal. And then after if they hold on to all that, then they would play in the Pac-12 championship game. So, he – I don't know, man. If if they end up only losing one game, he might win it again, uh, because like that's a lot of good wins. I think right you know there. what? I I became convinced of something else too this Saturday, Aslan, as I got to sit there with my thoughts and watch football. I I think Lincoln Riley wants it this way. <laughs> if he had a dominant defense, what would be the fun of that? He wouldn't have a Heisman winner. You know, Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray they put up all these crazy numbers and points and yards because the defense can't get stops. Mm. And Caleb Williams, same thing. Like, we got to keep throwing. I want to take them out. in the first half. Like, it, I don't know what happened. That's why I stopped watching the game when they got up like 41 to 21 or whatever it was. I'm like, all right, this game is over. Yeah, it was crazy. And but it was like, so defense. they got up like 35 to 14. Or, or, yeah, whatever it was, 35 to 7. And it's close to being a blowout. And you're like, I bet if they get one more score or one more stop, he might, this game will be so over, they're all going to put in their backups. But no, no. USC's defense gives up that touchdown, so Caleb Williams has to go back out there and throw for another one. They give up another one. Caleb Williams has to go back out there and throw for another one. It's just how it always is. His, he, he doesn't want a good defense. I'm convinced of it. He wants to have a great offense and a Heisman-winning quarterback, an average to below average to awful defense, and then he's, but he's, he's going to put up. The, he's going to be the offensive genius, which he is. He's very good at his job, but it's, it's going it to, just, it's going to put up these huge numbers. He's going to be able to recruit anybody in the country. He's already got, like, the number one quarterback from three years from now that's locked and loaded. A kid from Carrollton, Georgia, that's already committed to USC. I, oh, yeah. Of course he should. Oh, yeah. Of course you'd go play quarterback Juju. for that guy. His name is Juju yeah. something, I think. Yeah, he's awesome. He's a sophomore. Yeah. Brady's great. <laughs> Incredible. Anyway, um, but he, he does it. So it's like, yeah, that's a – this I got – Caleb Williams is going to be forced to throw for 500 yards every game. For them to have a chance because their defense is so bad. And that's Lincoln Riley's like twisting his mustache, like absolutely playing this perfectly. And in two years, I'm going to, when Caleb leaves, or maybe this year when Caleb leaves, 
um, I'm going to go to the NFL with him. Because I am an offensive genius. I put up all these points. How could you not? Even if he's just recruiting, like, of course, all the good quarterbacks would go play for him. He's going to win you a high. You're going to win a Heisman when you play for him. You're not going to win anything of note. You're not going to win a championship because your defense is going to give up 50 points to everybody it plays. Yeah, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury made it to the playoffs. So if he made it to the playoffs and he was a sub-500 coach in college, I mean, Lincoln Riley could maybe win a division title. Oh, in the NFL? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think it's like part of his master plan. It's like, look, look, I'm an offensive genius. You give me a defensive coordinator. The NFL's different. We're all, we all should have the, we all have the same amount of money to spend on de- defense. So give me a competent defensive coordinator to go along with my genius tactics on offense and Caleb Williams, and I'll win you, I'll win you 11 games. It's just, it's crazy watching that team. Like you're right, Caleb. If they, if they only lose once. Caleb will probably win the Heisman again. He would definitely deserve it because that's one of the worst defenses in the United States. Yeah. And for them to for them to go eleven and one, man, he is extra extra human to yeah. to do that with that awful defense. And as it sits here right now, they they play number ten Notre Dame, number eighteen Utah, number seven Washington, number eight Oregon. And I bet UCLA will be ranked by the time they play them again. Dude, that's great. Yeah, yeah. But he could also lose two or three times, and he then could. that's a wrap. Absolutely, absolutely. That's a wrap. I feel like we we glossed over it, but what happened to Florida? I guess Florida's not back. Florida's not back. That was uh, that was beautiful. That was just emasculating, right? They, I I don't know. My brother told me, and I told you guys in the group chat, but they had like I don't know how many possessions Kentucky had. It was incredible the amount of yards they had in the first quarter against Florida, rushing. Yeah, oh, yeah. The kid, uh, the kid had two hundred yards by himself, I think. Yeah. He finished with like two eighty eight or something against them, and they were cut. They came in as one of the best. Run- Look, man, what do they one feel of the best good about in the country? There. It's it's still going to probably be a close game because it's a rivalry game and it's dumb like that. Yeah, but like what do they feel good about down there right now? I mean, their their quarterback completes seventy percent of his passes, so like, congrats. Oh, they also one yeah. of the biggest plays in the game, but when it was still a game, was um, and I don't know the call. I could never see what they were talking about on the replay, but they had forced a punt. And then one of their guys like ran into the snapper, and it was they kept calling it leverage or something. I can't remember. I can't. I couldn't understand what the rules analyst was saying. The official they brought on, but it was like fourth and forever, and they're punting, and they do something illegal because they don't have a special teams coach. Remember, and it and their special teams have been horrific all season. No, they don't it have gives, a special teams coach. They're called game changers coach. Yeah, yeah, game changer coach. You know, it, well, it changed the game. Because Kentucky got a fresh set of downs, and literally, I think the next play, the kid ran 75 yards for a touchdown. Literally, the next play yeah. after they had get after they'd forced a punt on fourth and 22. Leaping, so, uh, yeah. it was a leaping penalty. It was a leaping penalty. One play. But how, who's, why are you leaping in a, on a punt block? Napier uh, said, "Tough break there. Uh, we're off the field. Uh, we get the ball midfield. Rookie mistake. We've got to settle in." Which I think is what he said after they did whatever they did in Utah against Salt, in Salt Lake City, too. He really so. said tough break? Yeah, tough break there. Tough break there. Uh, we got to settle in. That's yeah. A, yeah, we're off the field. We got to settle in. That's the that's – the, that's the, uh, Put that on the coach speak episode. Exactly right, man. That's the, exactly the reasoning you want to hear from your millionaire head coach. Ah, tough break there. We got to get better at that. Yeah, yeah, we know, man. We know. Um, yeah, so Florida did not look uh, very good at all. Again – They were ranked. It's crazy. I, I know they were ranked Tennessee. because they played what they and they, they man look they played a really good quarter against Tennessee. Quarter. It was yeah. one quarter. Singular. Yeah. 
it was one quarter. They played really well. But then the next week, again, it, nobody even talked about it. We didn't even talk about it on the show. You know how many touchdowns they scored against Charlotte? No, that wasn't in a, good... a bull game. Like one, one, yeah. They won twenty-two to seven. They kicked five field goals. They kicked five field goals and beat Charlotte twenty-two to seven, and they're ranked. So, uh, yeah, that wasn't necessary. I guess I shouldn't have been. I, I just think I, I know the history of the rivalry, if you'd call it that, between Kentucky and Florida. So I just assumed Kentucky would play horribly. Three in uh, a but row, no, man. baby. Three in a row. No, and I tell you what, um, I was thinking about this, too, and this is complete speculation. Let's say Norvell wins a national championship this year. That's what we all want. Yeah. And let's say next year he leads Tate and the fighting Rodemakers to a 10-2 and two record. Mm. And then he's like, you know what? I want to go coach the Titans. Okay. I'm going to take my show on the road. I'm 43. I can go coach. It. Now, I don't know how much his shtick would – and I shouldn't say shtick because that makes it fake. He's not fake. Everything he says he believes in, it's not a shtick. How much his uh, – Philosophy. His philosophies his would approach, play yeah. in an adult locker room with 30-year-old men. But whatever, that approach. Yeah. But it's, let's say he wants a new challenge and he goes coaches the Bring Titans. Bring Mark Stoops home. Mark Stoops, man, has done a great job at Kentucky. A great job there. He is one of the most uh, – he reminds me a lot, and I think I said this last year, of Leonard at Florida State. You used to say that, like, Kentucky was hang- – they, they were hanging on to Mark Stoops, and they, he could have easily been fired at one point no, in his career. No, but, but, but then it's like Kentucky, like Florida State, realizes what they are in the sport. When I, and I talk about ba- Ham, when Florida Ham. State basketball. Right, 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 right. It's like, okay, are you really going to do better than Mark Stoops? What are you going to go get? Six and six is fine as long as it's building to something. Well, uh, two years ago, didn't they win 10 games? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then this year, they're 5-0. and They're going to Georgia. I think they got a real chance to at least make that competitive, if not win the game. He's just done a really nice job there in a place that nobody has ever won consistently. Um, he's He's been there for, good grief, 12 two, years now? Two 10-win seasons. Two 10-win yeah. seasons. Yeah. Um, so he hasn't been incredible, but it's hard to be incredible there. My point being, he has proven – that he can he can build and run and sustain a program. And if you can make Kentucky a consistent eight win team, well, you can make Florida State a consistent ten or eleven win team. Just throwing that out there. I don't know how he'd recruit. I assume a battle's in, it wouldn't matter. He can coach them. And that uh that that's all that really matters now anyway. Yeah, I wonder because there's there's another tier obviously of, of coaching out there beyond being the head coach of Kentucky. And when those jobs come open, like you never really hear his name, but like if if Ryan Day loses the Michigan again, and then maybe like next year loses the Michigan again, and they're like we're going to move on. Like I know he's a Youngstown guy, so that's why I bring up Ohio State. But oh yeah, I was going to say then they're going to Dion, <laughs> Dion in Columbus, baby. Touche. Dion in Columbus. Touche. Uh, there's some other stuff I want to get to about Virginia Tech, but we'll talk about it on tomorrow's show. It's we got time, deal. don't we? We got. I can't we, believe how long was this show? Almost an hour. That's my fault, man. I was a rambling mess. I apologize. I'll be better, folks. We'll get to actually talk to Florida. It's been six days almost since we've talked to anybody from Florida State. Yeah. We'll get uh, the, uh, we'll get Norvell and the coordinators uh, today. So tomorrow's show will have a lot more uh, substantive Florida State info for you. Yeah. Well, I mean, what what other t- what other school has an off week and then they have a substantive podcast? You know that. Monday, so don't be so hard on us, Corey. Uh, sorry, my fault. I, I was blaming me. You were, you did great, Aslan. You always do. I just, I was a little rambly today. 
Could you feel the sarcasm in that comment, everybody? Could you, could, <laughs> that wasn't sarcastic. You get all the dripping sarcasm in your tray, boys and girls. All hey, right, by well, the way, how about old uh, Taylor Swift at the Sunday Night Football game? She's gorgeous. Exciting. I love her. She's just oh, you do. She's a treasure. Yeah, don't. Yeah, I'm not like a Swiftie or anything, but like what she represents to our country, I love it. I love it. Oh, she's uh, no. I just I yes, she's she's a little too tall for me. Not that she's wondering where she rates on the Corey Clark approval rating. How tall is? is I Mike? think she's like six foot, man. I think she's a Dang, giant. Really? Um, but no, she's five eleven. Five eleven. Okay. She's immensely talented, and uh, yeah. And a great think, role uh, model, apparently. I think I, think. I agree. I, I actually, yeah. I was about to say that. I think she really is a positive role model. I think my cynical side thinks there's something else going on here with, with her and with Travis all this Kelsey. Attention you don't think it's with Travis model. Kelsey, mm. um, like it's 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 uh, some sort of advertisement for her movie. It's some sort of way to get her movie out to more people. I, I don't quite understand it, but. Uh, but God Kelsey's bless. the one that's getting the bump. She's already mega superstar. He's the one that got like the four hundred thousand additional social media followers after you know she started being. Get it right. It was eight hundred, eight hundred thousand. Are you serious? It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Yeah. It's nuts. The only people it, I wouldn't want upset at me more than FSU Twitter or, Flor- or Taylor Swift fans. So. She's a uh, yeah. I mean, she's one of the most famous people that's ever lived. She might be the most famous person in the world right now. Would you say that, or in this country? Yeah, I think people would recognize her pretty much anywhere. I But like, think of anybody else in the world that could be at a Kansas City Chiefs game, and then that becomes the national story. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's nobody else like it. Presidents go to games all the time. Yeah. Now, if Elvis showed back up, that'd be a story. But I don't even know if that'd be bigger because oh. he's not dating Travis Kelsey, so he could date Kelsey's mom. And Jerry Glanville's not coaching anymore, so he's not leaving tickets at the front for there Elvis. There you go. Old school reference, folks. That's how we do it here on Wake Up War Chant. <laughs> Hopefully the Falcons get Caleb. It'll be fun, man. Drake London, Bijan Robinson. Kyle that guy Pitts. is awesome. Bijan Robinson man. is nuts. He's incredible, but he's only going to be incredible for about four or five years. Yeah. So I'd like to get him a good quarterback because Desmond Ritter ain't it, and neither is the billionaire head coach. Uh, also, hey, uh, tweet at us or whatever. I'm, I'm curious how that Toy Story broadcast was for the Atlanta game. I obviously don't have a child. Corey's child is now grown up, so yeah. we weren't tuning into it. But let me know how that was, everybody. Appreciate and it. Shout out to Brady Clark before we get out of here. Uh, he got his phone back uh, after a month off, oh a month my hiatus. gosh. Had his Draconian. phone back. Yeah, oh, it's crazy. Crazy, <laughs> man. Jeez. It was funny. So me and Stephanie dropped him off, and she said – when she asked him about his phone, because we dropped him off at his mom's, and he was scared that his mom hadn't brought, because she wasn't there. He's yeah. like, if she hit it and I can't find it, I'm going to be so mad. I'm not going to be able to explain it. It was it, it was right there on the kitchen table when we walked in. Nice. And Stephanie said she hadn't seen him smile like that since he was 10 years old. <laughs> it was the biggest smile he had had in half a decade was him yeah. having his phone. And then he proceeded to talk to uh well, I was going to say her name, but I won't do that. Uh, a girl for the better part of Sunday. All, of all Sunday. right. He's back. Yeah, Good, man. Absence makes the heart grow back fonder. The, back in the saddle. Awesome. All right. We're going to go to a press conference. Corey's going to transcribe the whole thing. We'll mm. have all the interviews up as well. Some takeaways. Jeff Cameron show, 1 to 3 o'clock. We'll be back with another show for you folks on Tuesday. Live show Thursday, Corey? Uh, Yeah, yeah, probably. Mm. Brady's actually coming into town. Uh, But, yeah, I think we can do it then. Everyone's coming into town. Dignitaries from Ireland are going to be in town for this one. It's oh, going to be a good okay. one. All right. The Hokies? Yeah, 3.30. Make it down to Tallahassee, everybody. He's Corey. I'm Aslan. Thank you for listening to Wake Up War Chant. It's been far too long, though. Have a great day, everybody.